Bonjour, bonsoir, bienvenue, dear friends. We are the eve of a big day. This very same day, my mother was in full gestation in 1969. Ooh. Remember, tomorrow is the big day. And for that, we brought an amazing lady for you to discover. You've touched her, you've felt her, you've seen her through her amazing design over the last 45 years. She's one of the most iconic lady in the world of label design. Not only wine, spirits, and many other things. Today we'll focus on wine with her. She knows how to listen, she knows how to feel, she knows how to sense the energy of a place, what we call terroir, and she really gets it all to the point that with the entrepreneur, the owner, the vineyard manager, the winemaker, she's designed one of the most amazing label in the world. Her name, Susan Pate. She's with me. I cannot wait for you to understand what is behind those great wines. It's a label and a great lady. Look at this, Susan. It's coming out. It's coming out. I need more muscles. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm intimidated. Woo! Look at this. Lovely, lovely. Well, what Thank a pleasure you. to have you on the show. I'm thrilled to be here. All the honor is ours. So let's have a toast. Thank you. To your incredible career in design. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dear friends, mm. we wanted Susan to try a Napa Valley Rosé. Oh, it's beautiful. Woo. What do you think? I love it. Tell mm. us more. It's the Carneros side Carneros, of Napa Valley. Yes. Magnificent Pinot with a hint of Chardonnay, but mainly Pinot. Mm. And dear friends, for Susan, it's the famous 2017 vintage, and it's the very unique surrealist packaging that we'll talk about later. I love the wine, and I love your package. Thank you. Well, coming from you, <laughs> this is like Jeff Kuhn or Picasso or Salvatore Dali telling you they like your painting. <laughs> I'm frazzled. So, Susan... How did it all start? I mean, well, you come from the Midwest. I come from the Midwest, Oak Park, Illinois, home of uh, Ernest Hemingway and Frank Lloyd Wright. That's right. And um, my mother is a designer, sculptor, painter, multi, uh, multimedia talented artist. And so I um, grew up in a house where projects were always underway. And um, I did uh, docent work at uh, the architectural studio and home uh, of Frank Lloyd Wright. No park, wow. we have like 30 buildings there that, um, that he did. And so I graduated from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, as a design fine art major. And um, came to California after I graduated, took a little trip to Europe, and then came to California for my first uh, adventure out into the world. So who got lucky to capture those beautiful blue eyes that you have? Well, uh, Was it a love affair that took you to California? No, it was um, just heading out uh, in the summer of love. 
Oh. All right. And uh, from the Midwest, super conservative, super. Um, I had really never tasted real wine because they didn't drink it back then. Even your mother sculpting or painting was not drinking at the same time? No, she, she wasn't. A very conservative uh, community. So um, I arrived in San Francisco, and a nice young man asked me out to dinner. What a surprise. <laughs> I bet you at the moment you put your suitcase down. <laughs> well, I re remember the restaurant was called the Summer House, I think. Anyway, it was, we had a lovely dinner, and I had my first taste of Cabernet Sauvignon. And I went, what is this? Hmm. This is amazing. And I, when I thought of wine, I didn't think of anything. I mean, what did we have in Chicago? Mogan David, I don't know what. <laughs> hey, did it create the first kiss? Um, did it I, help that was for a him lot to seduce? Years ago, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I think the the love started for the wine. I don't know necessarily for that nice young gentleman, but um, <laughs> I then uh, decided to move out here. I'd had a couple job offers that I was kind of heading to. And so I got apartment in Pacific Heights mm -hmm. and went to the Safeway down there and saw they had nine different kinds of lettuces. I graduated from college and I went to dinner and all kinds of things. And I thought there was only iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, in Chicago at the time. <laughs> yeah. So um, really right off the bat, I was interested in food and wine. And I started, you know, cruising the wine shelves and then just um, trips up to Napa and um, also going to, you know, farmer's markets and the bounty we have here is incredible. So as far as a beautiful experience to have access to such gorgeous food mm -hmm. and from work coming home I 90% of my life I've cooked the dinner and used it as a daily opportunity to celebrate life so always prepared beautiful food with beautiful food and uh, well talking about wine. The, the beautiful <laughs> food and wine Susan share with us a wild story of the summer of love. Because, you know, dear friends, when you came at that time in San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, that was the time to be here. Today is nice, of course, but give us a few funny stories that we should always remember when we think of you. Summer of love in San Francisco. Well, coming from my conservative background, I had never seen a man with long hair. And I went... <laughs> And I went, oh, look, that that must be a hippie. <laughs> and so, and then um, I met friends, uh, you know, and, and um, I uh, got a job. I had a job before I went back and did my fine art thing in Chicago. And um, people were on drugs and I didn't realize it. And I'd be uh, talking to someone and face down in the light and I go, They're almost unusual people here. That's just the way. <laughs> Did they make And, them better artists? Well, there was a there was a a very um, 
expressive art community yes. with um, a lot of uh, extremely unique, different, exciting uh, points of view and media and everything else. That's, that's well said, point of view. It's a good way to say different ideas. Yeah. So, and the music was extraordinary. And um, I had a number of extraordinary experiences there or here. Um, I went back to Chicago that first summer and um, I uh, did a couple of fine art shows mm -hmm. and um, I did very well. So I came back with um, the, the passions that you have. And I mean, I was just drawn. I didn't know anybody here. And uh, I, set up, um, I set up a studio. Wow, so you started I, your own business. Well, what I, because of my first uh, almost year here, um, I, when I wanted to be involved in the wine industry. So I thought, well, I'll use my uh, art background and I knew how to make prints. So with my money I, that I made from my uh, art show, or two art shows actually, I bought a 60-inch vacuum silkscreen press mm. and went to United Vintners that had just opened their facility on 4th and Brannan and uh, went in and said, I want to make posters for the wine industry. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial. And well, I, they, they, I started working with them like the next day. And then I worked with them for eight years as an independent. But I was project after project. I, and at that time, United Vintners was a collection of maybe 30 wines from the families up here uh, that were gathered together as United Vintners to market their wines. Mm -hmm. And so I had um, I had worked on all 30 brands, wow. which was great experience from Beaulieu, mm -hmm. up at the top, um, and Lejong, and down and down to Foxfire. Mm. So I did the pop, I did the pop wines, Jacques Bonnet, Cold Duck, Key Largo, Bally High, Annie Green Springs, and then on the other end, uh, you know, these high-end wines at the time that were high-end, but they, there were some lovely uh, wines. And, um, and I got to know a number of the, you know, the families and people that were involved. And um, I also did work for architects. Mm -hmm. And so the architect that um, did Domaine Chandon, uh, Rock Rise of Dermot Mountjoy and Amos, I see. So they were. It's a good, easy name to yeah. remember. <laughs> Moet Chandon Moet was making the first foreign investment. And it was a family. Wine. It was the de Briay family at the time. Yes, right? Count Frederick Chandon de Briay. That's right. Which I got to know very well. And um, we, uh, Count Gisland de Vogue, Marquis Marquesa Hennessy, um, Alain Chevalier, the finance person, but a great group yes. of people. And they were so excited to be in Napa Valley. And um, I had done a poster for Le Jean Champagne, a, a beautiful uh, woman who, who was in my apartment and found a, dressed in white on white. It was very clean, very simple, very elegant. And um, United Vintners just thought, wow, you know, their stuff was kind of tacky and all. So... <laughs> 
um, the, uh, the, they were asked to recommend a designer for the, <clears throat> for the Domaine Chanton package. Mm -hmm. So they recommended me, and then uh, Moet did a, a design competition, and I won the competition and um, continued to work for them for 20 years. Wow. And, and all the packaging and stuff, like the, the, I wouldn't say the remnants, the logotype and the shooting star, which I did for the Shandong Club. But um, <clears throat> I did, worked with the architectural signage, the, a great opportunity, big um, deliveries of these containers full of winemaking accoutrement, and uh, the history of winemaking. And I worked on the museum that was initially at Domaine Chandon and got to know Gentil, um, uh, uh, Philippe Gentil, and he, he only spoke French. And he was, I was introduced to him as his designer. And, and he said, oh, come, come, yeah. A lot of sign language, I had you know, elementary French. And um, so he wanted me to, you know, do the calligraphy of the menu, which I did. And he just, oh, he was so happy with it. But then he told him he wanted me to come every day and, 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 and do the calligraphy for the menu, which I couldn't do. But that was um, a, just a wonderful relationship. And um, I, I worked a lot with Edmond Modier, mm -hmm. who was uh, their global uh, you know, uh, Moet nose making sure. champagne, and um, he was extraordinary. And um, we, I went so to so you Chateau. got to meet a lot of amazing people. Yeah, Chateau uh, Ovier with mm -hmm. him for the history uh, and the history of of champagne, and um, what was very uh, enlightening was a book by Patrick Forbes. And it was about the Moet family hmm. and um, Pauillac and Champagne. And um, I, uh, I was up at OVA and um, I had, I mean, I was doing background and research and a few things came to mind. They wanted a package to last at least 150 years or more. They wanted something that was... Uh, they had tried to have timeless. They, yeah, they had uh, tried to have a number of designers in France, but they were way too French or too themey for California. So they wanted something that kind of tied it together, very classical. And um, uh, my that was my job. So um, the things that I kind of grabbed a hold of was at OVA. Um, uh, Dom Perignon said, quick, I'm upon, he bottled some green Chardonnay mm -hmm. and the glass atmospheres were not anywhere where they are today, technically. So the bottle exploded. He had the wine and he goes, come quickly, I'm drinking the stars. I go, ah, a star, it's French, it's American. And um, also, uh, I had, uh, well, with Fred Chandon, he had a Rolls Royce uh, with this green color. Yes, that's right. And so um, I, used, uh, I used a number of elements uh, and also the first one that kind of had a money look 
I, I the the original label mm-hmm. has uh, an engraved background to it. Yeah. And so. Um, so you did those as well. I did all of their. Pa- I did an American everything. lady from the Midwest moving to California, <laughs> working for the French. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I served you another wine just for another toast. Ooh, lovely. Because we'll keep that. Fabulous. Did you really like it? I did really like it. I loved it. Well, we'll continue with more wines. Okay. But, dear friends, you are very fortunate because. Susan prepared an incredible history throughout her involvement with some iconic personalities of the wine world. And she's going to walk you through history thanks to her phenomenal design. But before that, I wanted to shock her, which is obviously impossible. We thought the zebra beckoning, impulsive and unbound packaging, you know, very Cavalli to Ralph Lauren to a little Dolce Gabbana idea would bring her to the feline that she is. <laughs> so we'll see when we try the leopard in a moment. <laughs> but this is Napa Valley 2016 vintage um, from the heart of Rutherford, which obviously we're here in and San Lina. It is also lovely. Absolutely lovely. Mm. Soft and elegant and, and you back know. and enjoy this for the afternoon. Well, All we will. Yeah. We okay. will. Okay, here we go. So I think what would be really fun for everyone, a lot of the packaging you've done, it's in every collector's cellar. So it would be great if you walk us through a few. What do you think? Well, very timely and uh, serendipitously for me, my... Um, experience in the wine industry, starting with um, United Vintners and then Moet de Chandon, my clients were the pioneers of the valley. That's right. And so um, how lucky could I be to have these phenomenal people? And and you're a man of passion and um, sensitivity. What makes you think that I have passion? (laughs) This well, walking, coming up your driveway and seeing the entrance here with the I apocalypse go, and the resurrection. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it because some people, strangely enough, don't really know who Leonardo da Vinci are, who Michelangelo are, or who the great sculptures of those amazing sculptures are. So it's shocking. They say, why this woman with no head and wings? <laughs> <laughs> so we get sometimes some very interesting questions, but I'm so glad, obviously, you know, and you appreciate well, the, the ideas. The idea of art is it's a communication. Yes. And there's a communication which hopefully creates an enduring, ongoing communication, which is there and will always be there because it's, it's art. And so the interpretation of it, the acceptance of it, the... Um, if it goes to your heart or not, it's everywhere. And so it's totally, uh, you know, out there and enduring. And why is art so important? You know, we, we do talent shows in our companies, and it was a, a lot of fun last week to award so many people. People have so many sides in themselves. So how did you yourself, before we move to this amazing chronology of history, how did you discover that you had such a talent and how did you let yourself express it? 
Two different questions in one, because so many people I know are extremely talented. And I'm, I will name my two daughters, who are twins of 10. One dare, she goes crazy and wild, and she's phenomenal at art. The other oh. one, I think, is very, very good at assembling. Mm -hmm. And I would see her more in fashion, mm -hmm. maybe. Whereas the other one, as a painter, sculpture goes crazy, but they're both very good. One let go. And she's discovering herself in a great way at 10 years Lovely. old. Wow. Awesome. And how did you and what advice would you give to everyone? Because we all have an art sensibility. Um, I think there are basic instincts that you gravitate for. Yes. And so therefore, if your focus is in that direction, mm -hmm. then just putting your heart energy into that direction, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly opening up. I, um, and again, my, my childhood experience, I grew up with an artistic mother. Yes. And she created an artistic environment and she made beautiful things. And um, so it's more, uh, for me, a lifestyle. I love, mm -hmm. I love beauty. I love uh, experiencing beauty. I love to make beauty. Whatever it is, I have a magnificent garden that, you know, Mother Nature or, or Daddy Nature or, or whoever is, uh, you know, the major responsible partner. And um, I love, you know, creating beautiful food mm -hmm. and then have beautiful food with beautiful wine and uh, just... And you, you discovered it. Did your mother, in fact, and this is for all of us parents or grandparents in some cases, or not yet parents, did your mother positively encourage you as you were creating things? Because she was herself a great artist. Because yeah. often, you know, you were 18, you went to art school, as you said, and then you you did all that. But what was the... She, oh, actually, absolutely. And um, for a period of about... Uh, 17, 18 years, she was the designer of Silvestri Art Company in Chicago and did um, the mechanized Christmas windows. That's right. Which people would stay, uh, in, you know, in the cold in Chicago and wait, you know, lines going around the block to see her work. And there would wow. be usually be about 12, 8 to 12 windows. And she only sold one line to each, you know, it's like May DNF in New York, Shilatos in Denver. Um, it would be the big department store in the city. And um, the, the, uh, they were all choreographed to music and did a story first and then would sculpt the characters. And then um, they would have a whole department that would cast the characters in resin and then another whole department that would cut them apart and mechanize them and, wow. and put it. So, so fun. And all of the um, finishing of the, the, the at, you know, they would have these characters that needed to be painted, furred, you know, dressed. And all of that was done by hand. And so she had a staff of uh, 30 artists. And um, I did freelance Fantastic. for... And weekend. That's I, my dream, by the way. I was a painter 
Wow. And, and I had a job when I went to school and I hadn't finished it up of doing 500 faces, painting the eyes and people, people saying, there's a girl at the end of the hall, you know. But anyway, that's a side story. Um, that's so fun. So you were really encouraged. And I was very much She encouraged. believed in you. She believed me and she also, um, you know, said, wow, that, you know, you, you did this really well. And, and she was serious. It was, it was and when word. you didn't, did she tell you too? You didn't do it too well? Um, you know, she, she only told me I did it well. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Mom, did I do this well? No. So, um, and fact, Well, you know, positive reinforcement I, and all that. In, in, often I know people who left art, did a traditional world, then came back, discovered themselves, became incredible artists because they got disappointed by some comments, so they felt very vulnerable. You know, it's not easy. You got to have well, a thick skin I, as my, an artist. My my shows in Chicago were art, and people paid. Um, when I got to California, um, I became a commercial artist because I worked for people to do projects for them to get paid. So that's the transition. So what I ended up mm. being from the beginning was a fine commercial artist. Yes. And um, I, I feel that that has been to my benefit because I didn't go through a standard corporate or design studio process of how you get jobs done. I did everything from getting the job to design the job that's to right. doing all the work. And because of my art background making prints, I I shot all my film. I made all my screens. I did. I I could do the whole thing myself, and then transferring it when you get numbers, uh, large numbers. I needed to go to you know commercial lithography, and so um, in in my career, I use all the medium. I use engravings. I use all the different styles of. of well, I'm going to apply for a job by the end of our interview. I'm mm -hmm. going to go as a apprentice in the famous studio of Susan, international I, design. I have to tell you, I, have, I, I gave birth to my apprentice and she was one day old because I had these jobs I needed to get done. So I uh, took her to my studio at one day old. And, <laughs> she's, she's, and she's with you now? She's still there today. Fantastic. Yes. So you design mother-daughter together? We do. We have a, an organic uh, toy line to, that we do. We're the first organic uh, toy company in China. We have our partners, our, our financial partners. So you design toys? We Toys and clothes. What kind of toys? Really fun, beautiful, for newborns to maybe um, five years. And um, You see, Dylan has a naughty smile over there. Uh, he was, you know, he, he wasn't sure what kind of toys. That's why I specified. Okay. Well, if you have little kids or if you're a grandparent and have little kids, it's called Apple Park. Yeah. And um, it's 100% organic. We have farmers, uh, organic farmers all over the world we use. And um, our stuff is beautiful. It's fresh. It's uh, And no, it's organic. And it's organic. No synthetics, no polyester. And um, it's very loving. We've got uh, the, uh, Apple Park. Um, I did like five, uh, I'm on the fifth, four, four books for kids. What? And, I did not even know <laughs> that we should have brought the books. Well, it's got to be another lie. Okay. okay. Well, and, and are those little plush 
animals and things we do, too. But yeah, we do plush, and we we kind of started out to do a high end line because um, organic is extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. So we wanted the line to be as affordable as it could be without cutting the quality. Of course. And um, so we're very proud. If you see it any place and pick up what's, anything, it's what's the coolest animal you have in the line? Do you have any leopards, tigers, snakes, zebras? We have a, ca a chartreuse cater caterpillar. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, any felines? Because, you know, I would yeah. have covered a chair oh. and bought a hundred and made a chair okay, like the Campana Brothers. We do, we do, our, we have another line that, that um, is the same quality, but much less expensive that is in Whole Foods. And we have we have a line. In fact, I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you these. You know these what I want to do? Things. So I want to cover when you came in, dear friends. We are in a phenomenal secret indulgence, so we cannot tell you where we are because it's a secret. <laughs> it's a very cool secret. <laughs> Thank you. And there's chairs that I'm covering with my daughters with hard glue on skeleton of chairs, like the Campana brothers in Brazil who designed this amazing boa sofa that we have on Wapo Hill. And in addition, they had done, you know, the Arch of Noe on a chair. So I'm redoing this idea, but differently than they did, because you inspire yourself. You don't copy. I don't like copying, but it's an inspiration. And we're having a blast. So maybe we should use your fabulous animals. Okay, but they're, they're made more uh, for uh, they're more cartoony for the little ones. I see. You know, then the classic ones from Apple Park are five baby care, baby animals that live and play in Apple Park. Nice. And the, um, that's the idea is man working uh, with nature to create a place of, of divergent. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, if I will talk. In any direction you, you lead. But that's very impressive, dear friends. From design to entrepreneurship in toys to all the things you're doing, this is a big deal. Well, um, I am blessed to have such wonderful clients mm. and opportunities. Yes. And, and I think the secret that you, have, that you know and that I know is that when you're going to do something and so there's a problem... The solution for the problem, the inspiration for the problem, is found in the problem. Mm -hmm. And so you're mm. looking at uh, whatever you're doing, and you're not looking at the design books or at the, oh, someone did a chair. You're, you're, you're taking whatever information you have picked up, and you're taking it to a new place, and it's coming from you. That's right. So, and that's the fun, exciting part. Dear friends... Again, we look always on our show for inspiration and great passionate ideas. The problem, solution is often in the problem, and I fully agree with that. So it's not so much of a complex equation to solve as long as we look at it with the right prism. And I agree mm. with you. So Susan brought some, and we could talk for hours, of course, and I know you're all having a great time, not as much as I have, and I am because I'm right here. I'm feeling the I'm energy having a too. great time. The magnetic here, energy too. of Susan. So Susan has been doing some of the most iconic designs. She mentioned United Vintners, which was Beaulieu Vineyards and many others. She mentioned, of course, Moite Chandon, the Briard family, and many others in Europe. 
In America, she's done quite something for someone I love, of course, because as some of you know, I'm very close, or I was very close with Margaret specifically, Mondavi. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where you want to start in that sequence because maybe this one, because this is really the, the yeah. beginning there, right? The, the beginning was um, there was an, a party at the Wine Institute in North Beach, which is a block from my studio. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I was invited to go with uh, Count Frederick Chandon. And so we are at the uh, reception and he said, Susan, would you like to meet uh, Robert Mondavi? And I said, sure. And at that time, all I could remember that I didn't really like his label. It was... <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> and so, um, uh, you know, we introduced and he said, oh, he said, would you call me in a year? And, um, you know, I said, sure, I guess. But I forgot. <laughs> and so... Um, a year, two years, three years passed, and then I got uh, someone contacted me who said, ah, "You're, we're looking for you. Robert Mondavi's been looking for you for three years because they can't get this joint venture label done. And um, he said he met somebody that he knew could do the job, but he couldn't remember my name. And so... Uh, but he could remember your blue eyes and your beautiful smile. Uh, I know thank that. you. Uh, thank you. Um, he, he was thinking of the French connection because yes. of uh, working with Baron Philippe de Rothschild. So um, a, 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 uh, the marketing person from Domaine Chandon uh, ended up working at Opus. And they were in another conversation and they kept thinking that Bob was losing his uh, whatever had had, maybe I was a figment of his imagination. <laughs> so he described this person again, and, and Stu Harrison said, Oh, that's how Susan. do you think he described you? I don't know. I hope it was kindly. I'm but... sure you have some ideas. <laughs> well, um, he, it was primarily because he thought he, I could get the job done, I think. So um, I met, I uh, went over to. Uh, the Robert Mondavi Winery had lunch with uh, Mr. Mondavi and Margaret and took some samples of some wine packaging. And so uh, he, he uh, said, well, I want you to meet da-da-da. So we met the people from um, from uh, Chateau Mouton, and uh, they hired me to come up with the, the, you know, the solution to this incredible joint venture, which was the first of its kind. And the wine had been made uh, with the Baron and um, Robert, and they had no name for it, no label on it. And it sold, the first case sold for $24,000 with no label on it. And so- So do we really need labels? Well, that's what Ah, they said. ah. They just said, this is the first major, major news event in globally in the wine industry. And so it would be not like either of the two gentlemen to have a typewriter type label on there. So um, I, uh, I did concept work and showed, uh, showed them to the people here in, uh, at the winery to Robert Mondavi and his staff. And um, they liked what I showed. And the concept 
was that <clears throat> these two men. I'm this gonna show both. Okay, huh? this is very recent. This one's just yeah. been out. But those two men. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt okay. because you're telling us a great story. The, these two men, each great visionaries, plus incredible energy. Very much the energy that this special person has. Thank you. And um, the idea that Baron had been working on for years with uh, Michel, Michel Bardin, his designer, at, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Michael Mandavi came in, he had a stack of labels that had been rejected. And the problem was the French, too French, and American, too, or whatever, I don't know what. So many people, uh, Andy Warhol wanted to do this label. And yeah, can you believe? Um, and um, Joe Montana, I think, wanted to do this label. So the problem was not getting people to do the label problem, was getting yes. a solution that was right for the two of them. So back to looking at the problem again, um, the spread of the grape, was as a, you know, taking the grape and a, a new city would be taken over and they would uh, put a, at the entrance of the city, they would put a two-headed uh, god that yeah. signified a new beginning. That's right. And then the grapes were planted for all reasons and therefore, you know, our wine industry developed. So... Um, the idea of uh, Baron Philippe had been making wine for 300 years, and uh, he so it's classical, traditional, historical, all of the, working with you know the elements unique to the wines and making great wines. And Robert was more contemporary, state of the art. He spent he was off around the world finding the newest, latest thing, and coming back to the winery yeah. and ceaselessly seeking out a better quality. And his goal, as we know, was to allow Napa wines to sit on the table of the great wines of the world. And he certainly did it. And we know the 76, was it the stories? But so the, the label ended up, I wanted it to be fine art on the label. Um, Congratulations. And what a success. Huh? In its simplicity. In its simplicity. And it's also east and west. And um, the, the, the art part of it, I wanted, to, like, definition of the Smithsonian. I asked them, and they said, well, at that time, lithography and commercial printing was done with a dot pattern technical. And I wanted it to be like a lithograph. So I actually developed a particle. This is too far a strain, but um, it's a particle, a, a particle that had a, a, a shoreline and could hold a lot of information. And so, um, but it was, and so I showed them, and they go, "Wow!" I did a lithograph, and they said, "That's great." As far as the, you know, being able to print and you image. drew it yourself. This is, yeah. Obviously. This is this yeah. magical hand. Yeah. You're well, right-handed or left-handed? Okay. I'm... Both? I'm kind of ambi, but I would draw with this. But I did a sketch of this is... A, I, Robert sat down in a chair and I did this, a pencil drawing. And then this was from a Mouton uh, promotional uh, book, but I put them together. And then um, 
So anyway, just a little side story. Uh, I wanted to do this and say, you'll be the first wine label that it's fine art by the Smithsonian definition on your wine label. And it was Baron Philippe who was the brilliant marketer to put art on the label and That's tie right. wine to art. And he had, <clears throat> you name it, Paul Clay, Picasso, uh, the painters of, of, you know, the known painters of, of the time do a painting. He'd take a picture of the painting and put it on his Chateau Mouton label. So my idea was instead of a picture of art, I wanted it to be art. So technically I could have made the film, but the time, it, you know, board of directors said, that much money for something we can't see? And so that didn't happen. But I, I sent to all the film houses what I'd done, and it allows you to print instead of three colors and making mores or rosettes. With my, my particle, you could print layer over layer. And so the first opus prints I did that are mm -hmm. over at opus, those are like uh, eight, 12 colors, <laughs> one on top of another on a, on a, on a lithograph press. And so um, then here, now, we're, let's jump to 05. 05, um, Michael Salachi at Opus call, called up and said, hey, Susan, you know, um, the printers that's been doing the label has gone out of business, and um, we need to change, we need to find a new supplier. So I said, well, we should take a look at what everything, and so I mean, you know, doot, doot, doot with Chloe did a flip book, uh, you know, all the, the labels showing the little minuscule because, you know, if the type changes are mandatory copy changes. And so, you know, it creeps up and makes little changes. And I said, Michael, look at this. And he goes, whoa. I said, you know, it basically had the classic iconic type solution at that time, mm -hmm. which, which, uh, you know, it's that people look at something that registers um, and they don't re really look at it, uh, scrutinize it as you would, you know, uh, first time. So anyway, um, long and short of it, 05, I told Michael, I said, you know what? This has become a commercial product now and we could actually print them economically and get, uh, you know, get this fine. So that anyways, means there's enough volume to yeah, print in the yes. traditional sense. And so... The O5, if you take your glass and you put it down, you'll see there's no technical dot pattern in there from like commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like... Thank you for telling us. I did not know most of it. So this is a fascinating story. <laughs> so why blue as an example? Um, the Baron, uh, you know, his... The, the the color when uh, that came to mind that was his, which is was blue for mean for regal. Of course, so he, the royal so, colors of France. Yes, I yes, mean needless yes, to ab say, absolutely. And then you did overture. This is a uh, recent. And, and is it the base of the color reversed a little bit, or um, this is just the notes? Yeah, of the orchestra. Actually, it is. If you were to if you were to go like this, if yeah. you you go. One, two, three, four. So it's a downbeat up. One, two, three, oh, four. And you did that with a. It's a. With, it, it's a. It's a pen or. You want brush? me to tell you my secrets? Yes, every one of them. I want to see through those blue eyes and know it all. <laughs> I'm here to extract the quintessential yeah. of the knowledge. Um, 
it, it, you know, there, it's a combination of um, uh, of a, a a wet brush. That's right. Yeah, and um, also just for movement of the line to do studies with pen and ink that have like an osmoroid tip on it, mm. just because then you go thin, thin to thicker, thicker, and Japanese just, style, and it makes uh, more energy. Yeah. Into the line. Yeah. So um, so you did it first that way on a canvas and then... No, it was not on a canvas. One, two, three. Here's the label. <laughs> Wait and see. You'll see some new packaging soon besides the leopard. Well, you thirsty in between because I want to go to the Mondavi traditional one as well okay. that you've done. But with that, a very traditional package as well. Mm. You know, we cannot be more traditional than that. This is <laughs> scrumptious. It's Ooh. just, it's as Bob Mondavi would say, soft as a baby's bottom. Mm -hmm. And and just elegant, gorgeous, gorgeous uh, mouth all the way through. It's a beautiful wine. Thank you. It's a beautiful wine. Well, listen to that. Only Baccarat. Only Baccarat. Yes, thank you. Mm. Which is so exciting, though, is then you worked on his traditional label. We, the, or just, the reserve we, style. The, um, so with uh, Robert, I, I worked with um, all of his wines. And at that time, there was, uh, was a, you know, that's such a long story. How do I make it short? Um, I helped him uh, separate the different tiers of wine, and um, the uh, they made some really small adjustments. But and this goes way back to when. But remember when uh, White Zinfandel came out? Mm -hmm. Okay, they were making it. I don't see. I don't know whether in trade secrets or whatever. But they were making it for the house that came out with White Zinfandel. Bob was making this wine. He's going, look at how much they're making. We should be making this. Look at all that. And Margaret was saying, I don't know if it's real wine, Bob. And she goes, he goes, well, yes, look, at people love it, and it's a good transition. You can start. It's easy to drink, and then you kind of get into the wine. Mm -hmm. So um, Yeah, providing access to it. So yes. I redid. I don't know where the first label came from, but... Um, it, Bob called him. He said, "What's this? Uh, I can't. I can't it give it give it away." And I go, "I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Mandavi." And it turns out someone did something and and whatever. And so anyway, um, I got it, I got it back, and it went through the roof, and and is still gone. Uh, you know, it's just real popular. Is that the die cut label I love with the background? The die cut the label is the Oakville label, and when I did. Um, okay, back to, let's go to the main brand and not do the side brands. So, um, uh, I, you know, I, I, um, we, I, you know, talked about his label and, and uh, he was giving me the history of his label and he said it's a, a woodcut label and his name will come up uh, in a moment. Um, and I said, I said, Bob, this isn't a woodcut there's no lines in the shadow areas. If you if you have wood, they'll if, in, if if like you're doing a solid shadow, there'll be the grain of the 
of the wood in it. That's right. Or or if it's a wood engraving, it'll be on the end of the piece of wood, but you'll still see the wood's uh, impact in the print. And um, so I said, what's the most original label you have? And so someone came back with a, um, a, a old beat up bag from the attic or whatever, and I and it was um, the, it was a, a, a strike of the first original woodcut taped on the bag, hmm. and I said, I can work with this, and so um, I did uh, uh, handmade paper from the vineyard, took vineyard clippings, soil samples. Uh, the pumice, the leaves, all these things I made, mm. handmade papers. They were gorgeous. Everyone, you could go on forever. They were gorgeous. So uh, the idea was, uh, I did. I wanted to do a, a natural decal, and um, so many uh, people say you can't do it, can't be put on a bottle, all this stuff. And so I did a the first die cut for the '87 Reserve to show. You, they, you know, what was special about Napa Valley? And I saw it one day. I was coming down 29, turned into the winery, and there was the fog coming over the crest. Magnificent. Of the and I went, that's it. That's what makes this, the sunshine, and this, that's what makes this happen. And this is one of my favorite labels of all. I need to tell you. Oh, uh, well. I adore this one, and I purposely bought the wine and still have it. Thank you, thank you. I'm sure, Tim, you did an amazing job on the wine, and I know you did, but the label design, I think, is the most spectacular in the wine world. Because it it speaks so much, the invitation to Napa Valley, as a beautiful image, but at the same time an invitation, saying, come through this arch Mm. by Cliff May to Mm. the hills, to the terroir, to the weather, to the sun peeking into the birds even flying over. So I think it, you know, I could go on and on. Well, we have, we have um, re uh, taken all of the elements and put them into a new label that's going to be released this fall. Oh. And, um, and we're kind of bringing things back to more of the look and feel of the past of the glory yes um but it's contemporary it's it's forward moving i'm more moving but we brought all of these elements together and it's quite beautiful quite simple and um we did for the napa yeah you know i i don't don't know if i can talk too much about it no you shouldn't yeah because we should keep the surprise but we have a few more minutes there's one package i'd love for you to speak about is the luce because Talking about, obviously, the legacy of Mondavi and those great partnership with other good friends of ours, the Frescobaldi. Wonderful. This was a spectacular package. So how did that come about? Um, they uh, decided to come up with a, you know, a joint venture. And um, this, there were many luncheons and meetings over this. And um, Margaret came up with the idea of luce. That's right. For because it's it's the light, the sunlight coming into the grape leaf to make the grape. It's the uh, fetus, it's the light of a fetus. Um, and so uh, it was beautiful, beautiful name with a beautiful background to it. So um, 
I think, let's see, I, I need to shorten this. I'm going to do it real short. So I didn't know that they were talking to anybody else, and neither did did um, the Frescobaldis or Mandavis. But then <clears throat> they, they had a presentation um, of the three brothers, the Marchese brothers, and um, I just did... I did a sketch, a pencil sketch, and yes. taped it on the bottle, and I thought it was going to be, you know, something worked together to develop. And so they show up for the meeting, and there was like 50 different bottles on the table, all different designs, some full printed, everything else. And um, uh, and I went, whoa, I didn't know this. And I said, hey, you know, let me work on it. Let me let me tighten it up or or and, and show you. And so... Um, Bob had a cold, and so um, his secretary and I went up uh, to Wapo Hill and um, just walked in with the uh, Marchese Fresco Baldi called Bob and said, I just got back, and the other two brothers had seen it. He said, I'm walking into this table, and here are all these bottles for the luce. And uh, he said, I looked at him, and he said, really, there's only one in here that speaks to me. I'm listening to the conversation right now. I'm sitting at the table. I'm hearing Mr. Mandavi's side. And it's just on a piece of paper taped on the bottle. And I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> you know. And what it was is um, uh, this the symbol um, that the, the um, Marchese, who was a Lod not Lodovico, that's the son, um, Leonardo. Leonardo um, he said, uh, we have been looking at this symbol our whole lives. Um, the, the church there, Espirito Santos, um, has an altar. And um, this symbol came in the like uh, the, uh, three, 1300s when a lot of wars going on in Italy. And so the idea of this symbol was to unite people under the risen Christ and stop knocking off the other you know families so this appeared in and I'm, and this is I just found out through research is oh this symbol appeared in the parks in the library in yes, the public places very much and so. they had it uh, you know throughout their public places and so um, I thought well <clears throat> and also because when two people get married or two families get married they have the, the heraldry of these two uh, entities coming together, and that's the the shields and all. That's the background to how those things evolved. So I did, um, you know, one side Mandavi, one side Fresco Baldi, and then did the 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 uh, the the sun. And so um, uh, what they you know so they they said you have to come over because we have been looking at this symbol our whole life. And so I go over to um, uh, Florence, and um, they have the palace or the, that they live in, and then it's attached. Uh, it, it's like the corner of a of a big city block, kind of. And um, so the, they have their apartments, and they open up to take communion in their apartment, and they look down at this altar, and here's this. So I go. I need to it was take a, meant to happen. I, I, I said, I need to take a picture of this. And so the guy comes in and he goes, you know, he's blessing me and, and purifying me. I guess, so I could go in and take a picture of this symbol. And uh, so then this is a drawing. This was originally pen and ink drawing. And um, 
uh, it it uh, I think represents them. It's sort of like their Opus One for Italy because it's sold at the high end uh, for international markets, and you know it's out mm-hmm. there, uh, you know, in the public. So uh, spectacular presentation. And now maybe for our last one, because I know everybody is going to dinner shortly. You work for another iconic man. Mm-hmm. And family. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who you want to present as one of the last one. I know Dylan is going to sweep through so everybody can see all okay. those great package that we have here. But this is another fantastic design, these, I would say. These these are all classics that are have been around for many decades now. And hopefully they will ride on through uh, time and carry the messages uh, that are embodied in them from the creator of these wines. And um, Bill Harlan, who was a very good friend of Robert Mondavi and mentor uh, him, um, has Harlan Estate, which was uh, the first package. Uh, no, it wasn't the first package. Um, Bill had been, uh, had Maryvale, and so uh, I've done all of his wine packaging since he first started. And then he did Harlan Estate. And um, I do have a, a story. These are, so these are, are, these are really old. These are old, but this one, the, the uh, promontory, what is two years mm-hmm. out about? It's, it's, re, it's the re, recent one. Um, so when, um, there's a long story. Bill, Bill is, when he's doing a project, he's very involved with, I mean, every micro uh, dot. I mean, he's very, very involved. And um, so uh, this package, because, you know, again, I wanted it to be as artful and, uh, and be art. And the problem was that I was having is you put the mandatory copy on a piece of art and therefore it becomes commercial and it's kind of like, uh, you know. So um, I did get, because uh, I uh, did the BATF, I said, well, if it, I said, well, how about, um, what if, can that be my front label? Because it's got all the mandatory exactly. copy and they approved it. Yep. So voila, it really <laughs> opened the floodgates for designers to. For sure. To, yeah. Back so. label is the legal label. Yeah. Is the front label. Is the front way. label. Yeah. But great inspiration on, on a beautiful historical piece of art in many ways, right? Yes. Yes. And, and uh, the um, that that banknote. Uh, uh, we we have used that in in his packaging, and then like in Bond, this 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 piece, we did this one in the studio and put this together. And my daughter patiently pieced all this together because it has to come from a well. You can't have an engrave, engraving with half tones in it. It has to be a black on white line, and then the distance of the lines and the thickness of the line determine your gray or middle tone areas. So um, hmm. she put this together, uh, but this is, we did it in our studio. And um, and no capsules. And, oh, um, the Carneros package, which I don't have here, but when the Carneros opened, um, the, you know, that your beautiful... Uh, uh, um, Sparkling, the Cyrillist. The... the um, 
the, what was the second wine we had? The zebra. The zebra. Yes, from Carneros. Well, the first one was Carneros. The second oh. Napa Valley and the third Napa Valley. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. This mm -hmm. one. Okay. Yeah. The, from the See, she had to look at the labels. So yeah. labels are important. Okay. Well, that growing area was a new growing area. And um, the gentleman who was there first, anyway, um, because of the unique... Uh, we have sun. We have sun here, and the wind and the cool uh, for a Pinot and a Chardonnay grape. Uh, that terroir is very appropriate mm -hmm. for. It does a beautiful job. So um, I was called into Mondavi's, and they said they wanted me to put a snipe on the label to to change it so it wouldn't be Oakville, and um, I, and so I went down to see the property, and uh, you know it's not Oakville, and. Uh, it and Mitchell Klug was the vineyard manager, and he's driving around, and it was amazing what they were doing there. They were doing, um, they had a five year plan, a 10 year plan, 25, 50 year plan to uh, do natural wine growing. And um, they had it was a dairy farm, I think, before and it had been denuded. So they planted the trees because if the trees are there, then you get the raptors that are going to hunt, hunt the rodents. And it's a whole ecosystem. It's a whole place. ecosystem and, the, and to re, restore the groundwater um, and plant uh, uh, the good grasses uh, next, so in between so that the good bugs fight with the bad bugs and um, sort the tap roots so the clay soil gets deeper roots and then the trimming so the air. And the idea, Tim was working as the winemaker, um, was to bring out, uh, Tim Mondavi, um, to bring out the um, individual character personality of the grape. And so I was blown away, impressed. And that's where I made my handmade papers because I wanted to do, let's recycle everything. Let's recycle the glass. Yes. Let's recycle the paper and make all the paper from the vineyard. And so, and um, I did the natural decal and I did soy base inks. I did all that, those original labels, all the colors that are in the soil are in, are, are in that original label. Coordination. Bringing yeah, the two three. together, or so, the three together, and and so that the the, the package, uh, you know, speaks uh, philosophically and visually uh, and quality and all to the product inside, and um, the uh, uh, the other thing that was happening that time in the wine industry was the tin lead capsule was mm -hmm. outlawed because it's super toxic. So I did a little research, and at that time there was something like three or five tons of capsule, of lead capsules dumped in the soil. I go, oh my God. So the, the, new, uh, the, the new replacements were made out of weird alloy and they were like really dangerous. I would not open a bottle and they were ugly and you couldn't do, make them look nice. So um, I, and I, and the, and so I thought, well, um, why do we have to have a capsule? So I took the capsule off, and then, um, you know, these all have rings on them so that they can hold a capsule. So I designed um, the Carneros bottle with a beautiful punt and with 
and the, I, I've done a number of bottles, but the first one was drip less. That's right. It had a flat on the top, so you pour it, and it had a very clean finish. And like then, a flying saucer, you know, like an <laughs> alien soucoupe volant. And bef before that package, you send out to have your corks to the cork maker, and you'd stamp your name on it. But they weren't design elements. They were total functional. And so um, I now didn't have a capsule. I go, oh, and to show a natural cork, um, I, I, and I put, uh, put graphics on it. And then I developed with uh, Stefan Finca the wax cap top. Yeah. So we, we started making those. We worked with engineers and everything to... So you're the creator of that famous bottle. And the and the the wax cap. Wow. Yeah. And congratulations. Uh, our original wax cap biodegraded into a, a a piece of oxygen and a piece of water, a drop. So a you're drop a true environmentalist. Yes, I've been an environmentalist. Uh, at, right at the beginning of my work, I was working with um, real estate developers a lot, and Artineas, who did Oakland Coliseum and uh, Rocky Ridge and Glenbrook and up in mm -hmm. Tahoe, a number of things. Um, when we did the Arenda Wood project, it's called Arenda Woods, mm -hmm. um, it was all first cluster housing, so you leave it all natural. That's right. And worked with um, uh, Josh Stewart, Zach Stewart. Uh, to do naturalist landscaping, and they hydro-seeded with the natural seeds, the hills and everything. And, um, you know, just and then I did a, a, a really nice book of all the characters that live there, that are still living there. And, That's amazing. And, all the, the, you and know. they made it forever because of the environment. It's so healthy. Yes. And so, um, so everything I've done, actually, that's why I went, went I, I, the recycled paper, I, that's mine. I with, worked with paper company to do the first we, recycled wine wow. label paper, and the first to do the soy base inks, and um, the the environmental aspect is so critical. And um, I have another. I have another thing which I put. Did you read about the barrel? Mm -hmm. okay. Absolutely. Well, that's been a project. It's another passion project of several years now, but. Um, they, this is now into winemaking. I'm not a winemaker, but I certainly appreciate, super appreciate winemakers. Mm -hmm. And um, my Jean Viev is a very good friend of mine. The best. Our, yeah. She was and on our show. I, One of the I first saw. ever. Uh, as early as last year in April, she was so fantastic. She's so fantastic. She is. We love you, Genevieve. We, we know you're you watch, watching. She is. A, a, a stellar individual. And um, anyway, so um, the I, uh, inventor from L.A. said, I, need, I would like to come and talk to you because um, I bought 140 acres up in Pine Mountain. I'm going to sell my business and I want to make wine. I, I love wine. I, I, that's, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. So <laughs> he came up. And he had these, We've heard that story a yeah. few times. You even more than anyone. Anyway. <laughs> he, um, I had these drawings, and um, the concept was a barrel, same, same fit on all uh, commercial equipment, you know, cleaning everything, all aspects of it, and um, it has. He's got like a I don't know, fifty patents on it, but um, inside there is a. Uh, a rack 
like churning butter, okay? And you can drop in, there's a, uh, access wow. on the top. And so you can actually ferment whole red berries in there as easy as not, because you just dump them in the barrel. So these this uh, rack, you can drop, takes a minute. You put you can put your stave in or out, and you can make blends. It's repeatable. Um, the everything is is controlled. There's a a miscible uh, little diaphragm and the bong hole that you can take. We have one that this has all been tested. UC Davis, everything else um, that replicates uh, a, a French oak barrel. Wow. And if you want more or less, you can change the degree of of oxygen. Oxygen, but the you know the barrel. Um, it, it oxygenates the wine because of the oxygen in the wood. And so first year you get full, full, th full yeah. impact of the wood. Next year, less. Next year, a lot less. And then you think like fourth, fourth year is just a residue, but it's really oak neutral. Mm -hmm. So um, the idea of the barrel, and because so many things, water, um, the barrel saves 90% water and 90% wastewater. Wow. And um, the wood, you know, we've got one French oak, he'll, he'll know this, but one French oak tree um, averaged 2.4 barrels. And the rest is not that it's not thrown away. I mean, they use it or whatever. But you figure that tree took 125 years to grow. Minimum. And it takes 50 tons of CO2 out of the atmosphere in its life. Okay. Then, so let's invent something where we don't need barrels. Yeah. Well, these, this is a, the highest quality stainless steel barrel. And that one tree can provide the wood for 333 of the modern cooperage barrels. And you also can, you know, if you have a large volume and you love your barrel, we can also take that barrel and, and reuse So you're part things. of that business as well. I'm a partner. I'm a founding partner. Wow. Yeah. So um, the, the, the... What an entrepreneur. What's your no. passion? <laughs> Life every day is, is incredible. Um, so the, these barrels, we, you know, um, we've been using people, you know, I had um, several months ago, I took uh, some of the wines and I had um, nine, ten uh, top winemakers, um, including Jean-Vierre, um, and, and, you know, had a number of the varietals, and every one of them liked every wine. Wow. So if you, as the winemaker... Here, you get your grapes, you love your grapes, you can treat them exactly like you want. So, and we'll have to do another show with the barrels then. <laughs> oh, we'll have to do another show with the barrels and the toys. Oh. Dylan, it's not what you were thinking. I know you're disappointed, but it's still great. <laughs> so now, Susan, because our friends oh, are probably going to dinner now, a party around the world, I'd like you to send the final message to the world. What would be your absolute last big comments to everyone. I wish that you take advantage of every day in whatever level, whatever degree, wherever you are, and find something from nature, a flower, 
uh, a leaf, a bouquet, and you put it on your table, and you take whatever beautiful food you come across, and you appreciate it, and you say, what can I do with this that uh, will be enjoyable and enhance this? And then you take a glass of wine and use this gathering of people, food, wine, and celebrate the day. Magnificently said. Susan, thank you for being with us today. Congratulations for an amazing four decades of art and many projects as an entrepreneur. So you've been a great inspiration. Merci beaucoup. Oh, merci beaucoup. Uh, magnifique. Magnifique.